Hey there, birth nerd. You're listening to the Birth Worker Podcast. My name is Kylie Banks, and I am totally obsessed with birth and equally obsessed with business. And this is the show where I help women turn their passion for birth into a sustainable, profitable, and most importantly, impactful career. All right, let's get into it. Hey there, welcome back to the Birth Worker Podcast. This is episode 96. And as you are listening to this episode, I am on a flight back to Greenville. I almost said Florida. (laughs) Back to Greenville, back to my new home. We spent Thanksgiving in California. We went there last year too. And uh, I'm actually the only one from my immediate family who heads back to my huge family Thanksgiving reunion, which is kind of special. So I'm one of like four immediate siblings. I have two step-siblings, you know, who have an entirely different side of their family. But out of my four siblings and all of my parents, I'm the only one who goes to this family reunion with my little family with Barry and Leela, which is actually really fun. So she's the only granddaughter right now. Uh, none of my cousins have kids besides my brother and there's so many cousins, which is really fun. Everyone's in their like mid twenties. Um, so she's the, Leela is like the only one, uh, the only like kid. So it's so fun. She gets all this attention. I get to see my grandma, my granny, uh, and she is getting older. So it was very, very fun to be able to fly out there and see everybody. And even cooler, oh my gosh, we're planning with that same like side of my family, we're planning a camping trip this summer in the Sierra Nevada mountains in like California, Nevada. Super, super exciting. We used to do that growing up. And so how fun will that be to to take Leela camping for an entire week? My goal is to literally not take my laptop on that entire trip. So very, very exciting. I hope you guys had a wonderful Thanksgiving with your with your families. Today, we're going to be talking about a couple really random topics, which is one of my favorite reasons that we do these 3 and 15 episodes. And so today we're going to be talking about really like a couple different social media topics. So one is talking about like haters and negative comments on social media. One is talking about doing collaborations on social media. And then the the last question we'll dive into is like, what do you do if you feel like you're making so much content and like nothing is working? So that's what we're diving into today. We'll start with question number one. And this question says, I'm getting a lot of negative and hateful comments on social media, and it's starting to directly affect my business. What should I do? Okay, I love this question, and I especially love that they added that it's directly affecting and directly impacting their business in a negative way, because my answer is different knowing that it's like directly impacting their business. So uh, really, there's three things that you can do, and just having the, the awareness of these three things is honestly really helpful. So the first thing you can do is confront it head on. So can you reach out to this person? Is it one person? Is it multiple multiple people? But can you reach out to these people and confront it head on? That would be the first thing that I would ask of you. That wouldn't necessarily be my recommendation. Um and I'll get to that in in a little bit. The next thing that you potentially could do is just delete it. Like, can you delete these comments? Sometimes you can. If they're on your page, of course you can. Sometimes they're like in a Facebook group or on somebody else's page. And so you couldn't necessarily, you know, delete them. 
Um, but that is an option. And then the last option is ignore it. Can you simply just ignore it? It's very simple. Sometimes it's not easy. And sometimes it doesn't feel good to just ignore it and like let someone just be like totally mean and hateful to you. But sometimes it absolutely is the best option. So when I when I read this question and chose it for this podcast episode, I thought back to a student that we had, a student that we had a few years ago, and she started following me when I was like really just getting started on social media, and I had really bad boundaries. And so I had allowed my DMs to be a place where I was giving coaching all the time, every day, several questions every day regarding, you know, things that are going on with her clients or, you know, growing her business and things like that. That is on me. That is absolutely on me for not setting those boundaries. And as the years went on and as I just really gained enough students and clients to be like, hey, DMs are not the place for this anymore. Um, can you please go to this this community that we've curated for these types of questions so I can support you in, you know, the community that you're paying for. Can you go there and ask these questions? It led to this big blow up of just, you know, you're full of yourself, sending middle finger emojis, and I can't believe you're doing this to me. And in my mind, it's like, wow, like I'm literally telling you I would love to coach you but I'm just setting a boundary and like moving this conversation off of social media and into like the the place that I coach all of my other students and to them it was like very 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 personal uh and so again it it was me it was up to me to set that boundary in the beginning which I didn't set so this is absolutely like a Kylie issue but something that I really feared was them going around and bad-mouthing me. And let me tell you what, they absolutely did for a while. And I completely ignored it. And eventually it went away. And the reason that I felt good simply ignoring it is I've done a lot of I've done a lot of work. So I didn't feel the need to defend myself in that moment. But also I trusted that really everybody on the interwebs would be able to have discernment and 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 understand the situation. And so I've known just in several spheres I've been in in my life that there have been people that constantly badmouth other people. And you know what? When they do it and they do it over and over and over, me as an outsider, I'm like, I don't really trust their opinion anymore. I kind of look at it from the outside like, well, I wonder why she's bad mouthing this person now. But I'm I'm almost looking, you know, down on the person who's doing the bad mouthing and not so much on the business that they're bad mouthing. It's kind of like those those people who go to Yelp and they leave a million bad reviews. Let's just say you go to someone's Yelp profile and they've left like a hundred one star reviews, but no five star reviews. It makes you look at them and like not really trust the reviews that they're giving, right? And so I know that I have discernment. And so I trust that other people do. So if somebody is going into a Facebook group or something like that and negatively talking about me and my business or my support or my programs or anything like that, I, I, I've gotten to a point where I have a calm energy about it. And I say, you know what? I believe that the people that are meant to find me 
will find me. And I know this question is coming from a doula. So let me give you another example. Let's say that someone on social media is bad-mouthing a doula. And the person on social media is saying, oh my gosh, this doula is so horrible. She like, she showed up to my birth and she didn't do anything. She didn't speak to me. She didn't touch me. She didn't offer position changes. She did nothing. There's going to be women out there who are like, uh, that actually sounds like the doula I want. You know what I mean? So there are going to be people out there that are able to discern and say, wow, it's not that this person was a bad doula. It's that the the mom who got the support wanted a different kind of support. And so in some ways, to be honest, this person might be doing you a favor in some ways, some some weird, strange ways that might not be super obvious right now. But, but I hope that uh, one way or another, you can find peace. And this is really what I wanted to end with is that it doesn't matter what you do, confront it, delete it, ignore it. But what I do want you to do is I want you to make a decision and I want you to let it go. So can you confront it and let it go? Can you delete it and let it go? Can you ignore it and let it go? But really that last piece is the most important. It's that letting it go energetically from your space, from your mind. And of course, it is so much easier said than done unless you've been practicing this like muscle of like letting things go. But really what I don't want here is I don't want this to snowball into something bigger. I don't want this to be something that you're like, "Mm, I'm just going to ignore it for now. And then, you know, every night it comes up at dinner with your partner of like, what should I do? I'm feeling anxious. This is horrible. No, make a decision and let it go because it'll, it'll, it'll keep happening in your career. This is not the last time that someone's going to talk negatively about you. I can guarantee that. And so really what we want to do is we want to protect your energy here. That's, that's what I want for you. All right. Question number two is, Kylie, I want to grow my Instagram following by doing collabs with other people. How do I even go about starting to do this? Should I just start DMing people? What should I do? So I, I already know that this person is, is pretty advanced because they're thinking about even doing collabs with other people. It's a pretty advanced strategy. And so I'm totally here for this. I absolutely love it. My business grew really fast when I started doing collabs with other people. So we'll talk about reasons to collab. Then we'll go into ways to do it, how to reach out, expectations, all of that kind of stuff. So the reason to collab really is to get your stuff in front of somebody else's audience. But here's the key. It has to be for mutual benefit. And we always have to remember that. We always have to remember the mutual benefit thing. We can't just reach out to people and think that they're going to want to like promote our stuff without this mutual benefit. So everything we do when it comes to collabing with other people, whether that's you bring them on your podcast or you ask to be a guest on their podcast, maybe you have asked them to write a guest blog post for your blog. Maybe you ask if you could write a blog post for their blog. Maybe you want to invite them to do an Instagram live together. Whatever it is, we have to lead with this idea of mutual benefit. Otherwise, it's going to be a no 10 times out of 10. I promise you that. 
So I really what I would love is for this whole idea of doing like these reach outs for collabs. I would love if this would actually become just like an ongoing strategy in your business. So I would love if you would set a number of the amount of like collabs you want to do every every month, let's say. And again, it's different for everybody in terms of like what this actually looks like. So this could be like for me, for instance, I love getting on other people's podcasts. That's a great way for not only me to grow my business, but also I have a lot that I could give to other people's audiences in a variety of topics. So if I wanted to go collab with a bunch of people, what I would choose is to try and get me on their podcast. Um, I'm not a big fan of Instagram lives, but that's another great way to do it. That's how that's what I used to do before I had a podcast is I would do Instagram lives with other people. That way my audience would meet them, their audience would would meet me, you know, all of that amazing, quite obvious stuff. So what I was saying is that I want this to become a regular part of just your marketing, you know, strategy. And so let's just say every month you want to reach out to 15 people or 30 people. What I want you to do is actually batch this. We talk about batching so much on this podcast. If you're new here, please don't forget to hit subscribe so you get all of the amazing episodes. Um, But you guys know one of the best strategies for managing time is to batch. So batching is putting similar tasks together. So rather than like every single day for 30 days reaching out to one person to try and get, you know, on their podcast, what I would say is sit down on literally one day per month and give yourself four hours to reach out to 30 people and then do it again, you know, the first Monday of every month. This is going to be on your calendar. Um, That makes it a very, very easy task and something that's not draining all of the time. So once you've kind of set your your systems and your strategy of like how you're going to reach out to people, what's the purpose you're going to reach out to people. And oh my gosh, I could talk about, I could make a whole course on this. So please know that I'm like simplifying this for this episode just to give you that overarching idea. But what I would do is I would send an email to them. People who have legitimate businesses are not spending all day on social media that's not how to reach out to to people, especially if they have a legitimate larger business and you want to get in front of their audience. So just DMing them on social media, not going to cut it here, um, potentially not going to be helpful at all. So what I would do is I would email them the official pitch. And this, again, this looks very different depending on like what kind of thing you're looking to do here. Um, if I'm trying to get on somebody else's podcast, I will you know, introduce myself. I will introduce my values as a human. I will share a little bit about my story as a business owner or a doula, depending on who I'm pitching. And I will typically attach a PDF that gives more information. But what I'm doing here is I'm leading with that idea of mutual benefit. So in this email, I'm leading really not with like who I am and what I can what I can do, Or it's more like, what can I do for your audience? And so, for instance, if I'm getting trying to get on someone else's podcast, I would be like, hey, by the way, like, we have this mutual friend. That's so awesome. Ha ha. Very nice to meet you. So, like, break the ice. And then I would be like, hey, I noticed that you haven't talked lately about the importance of autonomy in the birth space. I would love to, you know, be interviewed on your podcast and I would love to talk about autonomy because I think your audience would really benefit from remembering that it's not just about 
options and interventions and things like that, uh, or who your provider is, or hip squeezes, or those kinds of things. But autonomy is really important too. So now this person is thinking to themselves, wow, Kylie's right. I haven't talked about this on my podcast in a while, and that would help my audience immensely. Absolutely, Kylie, please come on to my podcast. So that's kind of the energy I want to give. So not only do I email them though, but I also send them a DM. All of the official communication really should be an email. The DM is also an icebreaker. So I email them and then I immediately DM them and I say, hey, name, just an idea. I would love to connect. I would love to help your audience with developing their autonomy for birth. I just sent you an email. Uh, I just wanted to give you a heads up. Super excited to chat with you. So again, that's just another way to break the ice. It's another way to just introduce yourself so they can see your face, maybe see like your audience or how many followers you have, things like that, which do they do matter. I'm not going to say they don't matter. And then the number one goal here also is to make it a really easy yes for them, make it really easy for them to say yes and make it really, really hard for them to say no. And so what I mean by that really specifically is that I want to do all of the hard work for them. So if I'm going to pitch to be on somebody else's podcast, I'm going to I'm going to come up with the ideas for them. I'm going to come up with the questions that I'm going to answer for them. I don't want them to have to go figure out, okay, yeah, Kylie wants to be on the podcast. Oh, but what should we talk about? What questions should I ask her? I do all of that work for them and I send it in that first email or really for me and my strategy, I send it in that PDF that I attach to that first email. So it gives them like five to 10 podcast topics and titles based on what kind of podcast they have. And so again, this strategy can get so deep. This is just scratching the surface. But just to give you guys another idea of like what this looks like, I try and get on birth podcasts. I try and get on doula podcasts. And I try and get on just business podcasts in general. And so really, I have three different templates that I've created for myself, depending on what kind of podcast I'm pitching. So I don't go to a birth podcast for like a birth story podcast that's meant for moms and talk about like, oh, I've made a multi-six figure doula business. And these are like the three pillars to creating a doula business. Because someone who has a birth story podcast is like, I don't freaking care. Like, who? that doesn't matter. Like, my audience does not care about that. Um, but then also, I don't go to business podcasts and be like, I've been a doula and I have supported this many clients and I really like hate status quo and I trust birth. They're like, this is a business podcast. What are you talking about? Right? So, so I definitely... I definitely don't make it like a one size fits all type of pitch. I definitely curate it, you know, specifically for the person who I'm trying to collab with. And for me, it was very easy to to find these three, you know, buckets of people, like the birth people, the doula people and the business people. And it was very easy for me to systemize that whole thing. Now, before I jump on to the next question, I just want to say, like, what should your expectations be in terms of, like, getting people to say yes to these collabs? And really, I like to say, like, 10 to 15 percent of people are going to say yes to you. So you might need to pitch 
15 people in order to get two people to say yes. You might need to pitch 30 people in order to get four or five people to say yes. So please do not send emails to five people. And when they all say no, or they all don't respond, please don't think there's something wrong with you. Please don't give up. Um, It's really like a numbers game. So don't reach out to just a bunch of people with a million followers either. You know, give it, give it some 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 spread here. So reach out to other accounts that are at, that are at similar size as you, slightly bigger than you. And then yes, of course, pitch the the big you know big influencers and big accounts. But again, in general, just the. the just about 10 to 15% of people are going to say yes. And please don't give up. That's the last thing I want to say. Do not give up. Keep going. Uh, All you need is one really amazing collaboration, literally to change the rest of your life and the rest of your business. So um, act, go into it knowing and acting like it's only going to take one. I'm going to keep going until I get that one that changes my life. And I think it has the potential to, seriously. All right. The last question today is actually the biggest question of all. And this question is, Kylie, I feel like I'm making so much content and it's not getting me anywhere. I feel like I'm I feel like all I'm doing is writing captions, sending emails, writing blogs over and over and over and over. And I have nothing to show for it. What am I doing wrong? Oh my gosh, I know just how hard it can feel like to feel like you're working so hard and there's nothing to show for it, especially, especially, and this is like my bias, but especially if you have kids and you're like not hanging out with your kids to go upstairs or go to your office and work and and then you have nothing to show for it. It just kind of seems like, why am I even doing this? Like, what is all of this for? And so first, I just want to say, I totally feel you. I know that it's not easy to continue to show up if if you have nothing to show for it. Um, but luckily, there are some things that we can talk about that might just like, you know, knock everything back in the gear. What's that saying? Get it kick everything back in the gear, whatever that saying is. And so the first thing that I want to say is that there might be a messaging issue, actually. So there might be a messaging issue where you actually don't quite understand your target audience well enough. So that's the first place I would tell you to start like as a, as a business coach, because it doesn't matter if you're creating a million pieces of content, if it's not actually stuff that's relatable or if it's not actually stuff that like your dream client wants to hear, right? Not helpful at all. So start by getting a deeper understanding of who your ideal client is. So what I mean by this is like, what are their needs? What are they looking for? What are their desires? What are their pain points? And we're not talking like surface level. Like I want to know, like, what are they calling their best friend at two in the morning? What are they calling them and crying about? And what are the words that they're actually saying? What are they laying in bed at night, like thinking about? And those are the types of words that we actually need to be using in our content. And I go above and beyond in like everything that I do. I'm such a weirdo. I'm such a weirdo, you guys. But that's one of the reasons that I've created such a successful business. So what I would do is I would actually create like a Google Doc or a spreadsheet. Um, I would call it like a detailed buyer persona. And I would put all of that information in there. And this 
I'm telling you, when I think of the things that like set my business apart, and when I look at all the people who started businesses the same month that I started my business, and when I think of the reasons, how did I, you know, how did I get so far compared to everybody else? This is it. Like I did the things that other people were not willing to do. And so in this document, and you better believe, like we literally have this in our business for all of our programs, uh, I would put things like, what are what are your clients scared of? And then like, what words are they using to describe their fears? Not service level. Like what words are they using in their head? Because what I want is I want your content to to make your audience think, holy crap, like how did she know that about me? And that's the kind of thing that a lot of you guys say about the content I create. Oh my gosh, she's like reading my mind. That's what I want your clients to think about you, your future clients, your audience. Also in this document, write down like, how would these people describe themselves? What's their dream birth outcome? So like what when they go to sleep, like dreaming of like what their birth is like, what, what does that look like? But then also what words are they using to describe it? So for instance, this is something that I've actually like said inside of our program. So if you've been in our programs, you've heard this probably But there's a term empowering birth. I don't think that there are people who go to sleep at night and call their best friend crying in the, you know, the middle of the night that say, oh, my gosh, all I want is an empowering birth. I think that's like the dumbed down, watered down version that we use online a lot of times. But I don't think that's what they're saying. And now that's not to say that If that's your business name, that's a bad name or anything like that. It's just to say that it's not deep enough when it comes to like overall messaging. I think it probably sounds more like, oh my gosh, I just don't want it to effing hurt. Oh my gosh, I just, you know, don't want to freak the F out. Oh my gosh, I just really don't want to, you know, have to go to the hospital and and lay in the hospital bed and hear all the have all the lights and hear all the noises and oh, I hope my doctor's not a dick. Things like that. Not like I really want an empowering birth. So so think about all of these things, but then also think like what words are they using to describe it? And and It might not even be the funny thing is like if you interview people, which I always recommend, I teach people, I teach all the students in our programs how to do these interviews. But if you interview, you know, your dream clients and start understanding what words they're using, even in the interviews, they might not tell you what they're actually thinking. So it takes a lot of digging because they might even tell you, yeah, my dream is to have an empowering birth. But then I would go deeper, like, what does that actually look like? Ask them, what does that actually mean to you? Oh, it means that, you know, no one's, you know, using coercive language and my my doctor's not a prick and, you know, my partner can really stand up and help me. It's like, okay, let's use those words. Not, let's not just use the word empowering. Like, let's use the rest of the words. So, oh my gosh, that's a tangent about messaging. It is so huge. Messaging is, again, one of the reasons that I was able to create such an amazing business, not only with the Autonomy Mommy and my birth courses, but also, you know, birthworker.com and all of our courses for doulas. Now, I also want to be clear, and this is really important. So if you're double tasking, like come back to me. A lot of times, the bigger issue here 
or like the issue here is bigger than messaging. A lot of times the issue here is that actually we're filtering ourselves on social media. We're putting a filter on ourselves because we're scared. We're scared of hurting people's feelings. We're scared of being seen. We're scared of being wrong. We're scared of being canceled or whatever it is. So yes, yes, it's really important to understand your audience. But honestly, I bet that if you just remove the filter and just start talking from your heart, and not give a flying F what anyone thinks, I think you'll already be in a lot better place. I think your messaging will click if you remove your filter. I noticed that with a, with a lot of our students in our programs, that they know what the words their clients use. It's just that they're filtering themselves. And once we can remove that fear, it, it begins to flow a lot a lot easier. The next thing I want to talk about is content strategy. So um, this question, this question of like, Kylie, I'm making so much content. It's not getting me anywhere. I'm doing all of these things, nothing to show for it. What do I do? The first thing I, I, I would ask you is about messaging, right? I would take a look at your messaging. And by the way, this is one of the reasons I love our community so much, the Birth Worker Community Membership, because I get on Zoom with you guys every single week and I actually look at this stuff. Like imagine if this person could ask this question on a live Zoom call with me and I could literally go to her Instagram and like see like what is, you know, not working. So, oh, I just love I love those weekly coaching calls. Okay, so regardless, the next thing is the content strategy. So I would ask this person, what type of content are you putting out? Because you have to start understanding the different types of content and how different types of content serve different purposes. If you don't understand the strategy behind what makes different content different, this might be one of the reasons that you're feeling really stuck. So for instance, let's just take Instagram because I feel like a lot of us here are like young millennials and mostly use Instagram. So for instance, Reels on Instagram, typically reach strangers. Reels are pushed out to strangers. Reels are like for people who just want to like mindlessly scroll. Um, That's really what reels are for. So would I ever do like really hard call to action sales in a reel? I wouldn't. To me, that's like not the place to do that. Reels reach strangers. Once someone sees your reel, And by the way, this is huge, y'all. Like understanding this, I swear, is going to change your life. So if you need a pen and paper, like hit pause and go get a pen and paper. Reels reach strangers. Grid posts turn those strangers into followers. So someone's going to see your funny and relatable reel. They're going to be like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing and funny. Let me go click on her page. When they click on your page, they're going to see your bio, but they're also going to see your, your, you know, grid posts essentially. And through that four seconds, probably less than that, of looking at your grid, they're going to make a decision if they want to follow you or not. So those grid posts are what are turning those strangers into followers. If I go, if I see a reel from someone that's so funny and I click to their grid and it's just a bunch of pictures of them, my, I, I typically like don't follow because I'm not really on Instagram for like aesthetic type of stuff. Yes. Amazing. You have a beautiful family. Like that's so cool. I'm, that's not really why I'm on Instagram. I'm on Instagram either to like laugh or learn. 
You know, that that's that's why I'm there. And so you need to ask yourself, why are people following you? Potentially it's the same thing. So your grid needs to reflect that. Your grid needs to be set up in a way to take those strangers, turn them into followers. Then we then we can talk about Instagram stories. So Instagram stories turn your current followers into clients. So stories do not go out to random people. Stories do not really go out to strangers. Stories are for the people who love you, know you, and are going to become your clients. So use them that way. Like talk to your stories in that way. Uh, Again, I would never really sell in a reel. I'm going to be selling in stories. So right now it goes reels attract... Reels reach the strangers, grid posts turn those strangers into followers, and then once they're followers, our stories turn them into clients. And then the person who asked me this question was just saying content in general and like, you know, writing emails, blogs, all that stuff. So this can go even further. So blogs, think about it, right? We go to blogs not because we want to read stories necessarily, but because we want like a quick answer to a question that we have. We want a recipe. We want a hack for pain coping at birth. We want a list of like the best baby products, things like that. That's typically why people go to blogs. That's not why people go to podcasts. People don't go to podcasts typically for those like little tiny quick wins. People go to podcasts for the stories. They go to podcasts for the voice, the connection, the personality, things like that. When I'm going to a blog, I don't give an F about your personality. Like, just give me the 10 things that I need to order on my baby baby registry and let me go, please. Oh, especially like the cooking ones. If I'm looking for a recipe and I click on a recipe blog and you're telling me your life story, I'm like, get the hell out of here. Like, just give me the damn recipe. But you know what? I'll sit and I'll listen to a four-hour episode of, you know, Joe Rogan or something like that just because I'm there for the story. And so you need to write your blogs very different than you record your podcast, for instance. And emails actually um, link up with podcasts mostly. So uh, emails are also very story-based. They nurture with story storytelling, essentially. So for instance here, now that you know this, like what do you do with it? So if you're only posting reels and you're never posting to your stories – And you're coming to me and you're asking me, Kylie, I'm not making any sales from Instagram. I'm posting five reels per day. And if I ask you if you're posting your stories and you say no, I promise you that that's why. I promise you that you're going to feel like you're spinning your wheels. Is that starting to make sense, right? Or if you're only posting to your stories and you're not making any reels, for instance, and you're asking, you know, why are my followers never growing? because your content's never getting out in front of new people, right? So that's when I talk about strategy, like that's huge. You have to have that clear strategy to move people through all of the steps from turning from strangers into followers into clients, essentially. And of course, being nurtured all along the way so they feel comfortable buying from you. But you have to have that strategy to move people through all of those steps in order for them to actually become your clients. So that's huge. And then once you've examined that, then I would turn and I would I would start to look at your consistency, but then also like the level at which people are actually engaging with your content. So I would ask you essentially two things. I would ask you, how often are you posting? So that's like, you know, honestly, more importantly, how often does your call to action show up? 
you know, in your content? How often is your call to action getting people to get on your email list or to buy your offers? That's what I would ask you. And then the next question I would ask you is, are you getting a consistent amount of new direct messages, new likes, new followers, things like that. And with that information, that'll tell tell us a lot to then go be able to tweak little things here and there to actually make it all click a lot better. One of the reasons that I'm looking at DMs is that really in order to succeed in like online marketing, especially in the, the birth niche, because it's so personal, we need to be creating real life connection, real life conversation. And so really a good measure of the health of your business is how many DMs you're getting from new people every single day. And really just from that number, I can really tell, again, the health of your business. So if you tell me uh, you have 10,000 followers, but no one ever really DMs you, or you don't really have any like friends in the DMs that you're connecting with, I would you know, be able to guess that you're probably not doing very well financially from your Instagram. But if you have a thousand people, a thousand followers on Instagram and you're getting 10 new DMs every single day from people wanting to connect with you, I would tell you you're on to something. You are absolutely going to find success. Like this is going to work. Let's just keep going. So that's that's those are the next questions I would have for you. And then the last thing that I would do here is to just help you understand the importance of analyzing, which we'll talk about. And it's really, it's not just analyzing, it's analyzing and then adjusting. And so really, we can't know what's working and what's not working if you're not tracking everything. So you really need to be tracking your growth. And I want you to be doing this weekly. Like if your main goal right now is to grow on social media or to like finally get your content to like lead somewhere, you need to be doing this weekly. So Y'all know about batching. Y'all y'all know about combining, you know, like tasks and doing them at the same time. So I would start batching your Instagram content weekly. So I would sit down on a Monday and I would make your seven posts for the day and schedule them out. And then the next Monday I would sit down and I would look back at the last week and I would say, okay, like which post did the best? Which post led to the most DMs? Which post got the most likes, saves, shares, comments, stuff like that? And then most importantly, I would I would ask myself why. So, you know, let's just say you made three reels, three carousels, and three grid posts. And the one grid post with a really spicy direct quote was the one that got the most likes by far. I would ask myself, okay, like, why do I think that is? Was it the color? Probably not. Was it the directness? Probably. Was it the topic? Potentially. Let's see. And so for the next seven days, my new goal is to outbeat, is to beat that one piece of content that did the best last week. And in order to do that, I'm going to stick with the same type of content. So if it was a really spicy quote that I made up about induction, I'm going to do really spicy quotes that are really direct about a bunch of different interventions over the next seven days. And I'm going to see, are all of these posts going to also do pretty well? If not, okay, go back to the drawing board and and look again. But I guarantee you that they <laughs> guarantee you that they will. And now you look at that again and you say, okay, the next week you come back and you say, which post did the best? Why did it do the best? What was the hook? What was you know what day did I post it on? What time did I post it on? What's the font? What's the vibe? What's the topic? Things like that. And now essentially, what you're doing is you're creating a system where it's you against you. 
every single week it's you against you and you're just trying to outdo yourself. And I guarantee, I swear, that is that is a fail-proof system. Fail-proof. And then beyond all of this, you just have to be patient. You have to be patient. You have to understand that growing a business takes time. It can seem like it's so fast for everybody else and for you it's taking forever and it's not fair, but I promise you that growing a business takes time. And more importantly than time, it takes persistence. So if you keep going with a knowing that you will find success and if you keep going with a knowing that you are not going to give up and you are going to make it work and you are going to do everything you can to make it work, that is a necessary part of all of this. So the patience and the persistence because it does take time. But remember, we're not in this for quick wins at all. We are in this to create legacies for our family. And sometimes it takes five years, but you know what? Five years down the road, when you have that financial freedom, when you have that successful business and that company that allows you to travel wherever you want, go on vacation whenever you want, buy your kids whatever they want, you know, homeschool, do all of these things, it's going to be worth it. You're not going to look back and say, I wish this happened faster. You're going to look back and say, I'm so glad that I was patient and I never gave up, gave up and I was really persistent. I can promise you that. Now, if you love these kinds of episodes where I'm answering questions and diving into really specific topics that are really relatable to what you're doing now, please just take a second and imagine what it would be like if you could ask me your questions every single week face-to-face on Zoom so I could actually look at your business, help you analyze your business, help you adjust, and really just help you find success a whole lot faster with a whole lot less mistakes, a whole lot faster, a whole lot less stress. That's what I want for you. So Every single week inside of our birth worker community membership, you get access to not only one, but to two coaching calls live on Zoom as long as you're a member. That's two coaching calls literally every single week live on Zoom. You also get access to a amazing community of 24-7 support from over 150 other amazing birth workers. And you get access to two free workshops every single month on advanced business topics like building a content machine, right? That's going to be our, our workshop topic just next week. Super excited about it. And if you're a member, you don't have to pay. If you're a member, you get to come for free and you get all of that for just $75 per month, which is crazy. If you actually do the math and break it down, it's like paying $5 per hour of coaching, which is absolutely ridiculous. I'm ridiculous. I know, but I just needed to really, really get this into the hands of as many people as I can because my mission seriously is just to to make it easy for you. Now, I do want to remind you that if you jump into any of our core programs right now, so that's Birth Worker Academy, Doulapreneur Method, which is our business course, or our Childbirth Educator Training Program, you actually get one year inside of our Birth Worker Community membership for free. So whatever you want to do to get into the membership, do you want to join as a monthly member for $75 per month, or do you want to join a program, get access to a training portal portal full of videos and get one year for free. Whatever you decide, just know that I am waiting for you over inside that community. If you love the podcast, I just cannot tell you how much more you will love it inside of our our community membership full of birth workers just like you. 
All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you are new here, please do not forget to hit subscribe. And hey, don't forget to leave a rating and review for the show. So we send out little special goodie bags to everybody who reviews the show. We send them out once per quarter. I literally spend an entire day filling hundreds of envelopes with amazing goodies and sending them your way. And I'm about to do a batch coming up here soon. I haven't done it in the last couple of months. It is time to to get all of the the names and and stuff all the envelopes. So if you want me to send a little goodie bag your way, all you have to do is leave a rating and review for the show. Take a screenshot, go to birthworker.com slash review. You will find that link in the show notes and you'll upload the screenshot there. You'll put in your address and I will get you that goodie bag when I do our next round of, of review goodie bags, which is so exciting. So thank you again for being here. I appreciate you so much. We will see you right back here next week with another amazing episode. And until then, enjoy yourselves and I'll see you soon.